All right. Here's Nepal, little country. Just 28,000 people between the two biggest countries in the world, China and India. We spent our time in Kathmandu. Can you say that word together with me? Kathmandu. Has anyone be here been to Kathmandu? Raise your hand if you have. If not, you need to Kathmandu it, okay, at some point. This is the Himalayas when you're flying in. Does anyone want know what's in the Himalayas? Mount Everest. There's a picture of Mount Everest right there. It's 80 miles away. It's hard to see, but a little bit more closely, it looks like this. On the third day of our trip, we uh, made the summit trip. It took us about six hours. James was dragging right here. I had to haul his butt up the rest. He's a little out of shape. Just want you to know that. We only saw it from a distance, beloved. Uh, here's the valley of Kathmandu as we're flying into it. This is what the town looks like. Have you ever been to India? 80% of Kathmandu are Hindus, and that's why it looks like India. Uh, this is transportation in Kathmandu. You just get in the truck and you hold on to one of these babies for dear life, and it takes you to your destination, you hope. Of course, if that doesn't work, you can always get on a bus, and if the bus is too full, you just get on the roof. You gotta love it. That's how you get around in Kathmandu. Or you can steal someone's bike, like I'm doing right there. Or you can just jump on a cow because they're holy and they're everywhere. Or you can take the bridge if you can find a way to get into that mess of people. Or you can go where foreigners should not go. Did I go in there? No, no entrance for foreigners? I'm not going to say. Uh, they're wired in Kathmandu. I took this for Dan Kaufman. And uh, you got to watch where you walk in Kathmandu because there I am, getting electrocuted. Uh, Kathmandu is one of the poorest countries in the world. The average wage is $80 a month, and they work seven days a week. They do not understand the idea of a day of rest. They're not a Christian nation. They work every day of the month. A lot of social needs. This is a dear man that looked at me. You can notice his leg up there. I mean, is that a picture of what? It tells you everything about Nepal. I had a little ministry with him. The, they worship false gods, idols. This was a, the monkey temple, a Buddhist temple that we visited. And uh, because there's monkeys everywhere, you need to understand and they really worship Buddha and idols there. There are blood sacrifices everywhere in this temple. It's a dirty temple. You can see the blood everywhere. It's dirty. It's smelly. It's stinky. These are prayer wheels. You come by and you touch them. You're praying to the gods. You usually pray for protection that they don't punish you. These are people worshiping at the temple. Here's Tracy and I. Picture the background of that Buddha, the monkey temple. I took this because I went, this monkey's just like, I own this town. <laughs> I thought, that dude is cool. He is cool. And he's looking over the Kathmandu Valley. And it's like, man, that dude's like Joe Santos. I'm tough. <laughs> uh, this is uh, one of the idols. And you can see, in, it's a Buddhist idol, and they're always depicting blood. They're always depicting, you know, anger and... Uh, you know, their God, it's always about destroying sinners. Christianity, our God, saves sinners. Think about that. 
This is uh, called the Pashupanti Temple. It's the most holy place in all of Tibet or Nepal. And this is a body, a funeral pyre, the last rites being done. They believe that uh, as you burn the body here, you're, you go to heaven when you do it properly with a priest. And so there were bodies being burned all over and the smell and the smoke. This is what Buddhists do. And along with that, there's palm reading. And you, you, there, I, when I walked up, there was a lady that wanted to put paint on my forehead, which is a Buddhist way of worshiping. And she was, or, oh, excuse me, this was Hindu. Uh, this is a Hindu temple. There's Buddhism and Hinduism. And she, she was possessed, I could tell. She looked right at me. She wanted to put this mark on me. Walked right past her. Took pictures. <laughs> I didn't get the mark. This is a, a binding ceremony where they bind you from evil spirits, and you'll pay a priest, and he'll do this. This is more of the funeral pyres. Again, bodies that are being burnt there and families that gathering, and they believe you'll go to heaven if you do this right. It's bondage. This is the last rite ceremony where all these different uh, priests will do this, and then he takes uh, the, fi the final remains of the deceased home along with an offering. Um, this is a Hindu burial area. In Nepal, Christians are greatly persecuted, and so uh, the Christians at night have to sneak in and bury their dead in this Hindu area. There's no area for them to bury their dead, and uh, we need to pray for that, that God will open up just space to bury your dead. Um, again, more Hindu temples. It's a beautiful country. It's full of color, Nepal, but there is a spiritual bondage here that is incredible. There was an earthquake that took place in Nepal. An earthquake's power increases by 10 times with each increase in the number of its scale. That means Saturday's earthquake was 22 times more powerful than the 7.0 quake that devastated Haiti in 2010. It leveled Nepal. 600,000 homes destroyed, hundreds of temples and churches. 9,000 people were killed in this 7.8 earthquake that took place in April there is rubble and destruction everywhere. And yet, as I mentioned in the morning service, this is where Christianity is rising up. Because the Hindus will minister to the Hindus, and the Buddhists, the Buddhists and the Islamists will go out to the Islamists, but the Christians minister to everyone. And they're all saying, why do you love us? Because God loves you. And more people are turning into Nepal to Christ than any, than any place in the world right now. But you see these temples and rubbish everywhere. This is a pastor, Chitra. He took, he took us around, and this was his house destroyed by the earthquake. Uh, this was a refugee camp that we visited. 4,000 people live here. At least there are 1,000 different shelters that we visited. Uh, we support missionaries that minister here. These are people displaced. This is them doing their laundry. This is the world. This woman gave birth to this child right here. I did a video with her, and you might see that later. Uh, there she is with Tracy. And just, uh, again, we, we support missionaries that go in and minister here. It is beautiful and share the gospel. This is the church that we preached at. These dear people, they are on fire for Jesus. I don't know, are we wired uh, for me to share this video? If, th this is their worship. I don't know if this is going to work. If it doesn't, we're going to move on.
I just wanted you to hear their worship. They are absolutely on fire for Jesus Christ. And in that service, they were dedicating three of those missionaries to go to Iran and share the gospel, a little church. This was, I share with you, we gave C's candies out to this church along with C's racing shirts. And it was hilarious giving this stuff away. But this is the first time they've ever had a C's candy sucker and this little baby would not give it up. <laughs> this little baby was like, I like Jesus. Jesus is good. Uh, this is uh, a man who, his name is Ram, he's blind, he started a ministry, what's your excuse, you know, he's started this amazing ministry, Tracy's going to talk a little, called the Nepali Fellowship for the Handicapped, and uh, we had a meeting with these kids, they were blind and deaf, and, and it, it just broke our hearts, and Tracy was really touched, and Tracy, you're going to come up and share a moment here that really ministered. Uh, this picture here, he is a 13-year-old boy, and when we first um, showed up at this uh, home for the blind and handicapped, uh, his face was just so full of joy, and um, so we did kind of, we introduced ourselves, and we talked a little bit, and his face was just like so listening, and his eyes were just full of love, and, and then at the end, they were serving everybody um, a meal, and this young man, 13 years old, he served everybody in that room. And I just was so touched by the way that he was such a servant. I didn't know him. He was, you know, just showing such grace and service to everybody. And I, I was just, I mean, I was undone. And by the end, I had to just talk with him and share with him through the translator how special it was to see him just serve everybody with joy first before he sat down and ate and so I said what what's the, your story you know his mother is one of the blind people there in the home and he just loves his mom and loves all the people there and a 13 year old boy just being such a servant and I said well you reflected Jesus to everybody here as guests I was just so touched by how you showed Jesus and I was crying and I just said God has something special for you he's already has something special for you but you are going to be so great the servant is the greatest one in the kingdom and you have just shown how beautifully Jesus serves us served his church sir just a servant and so this boy he is so special so Thanks, yeah we walked into this room and you know you see the pictures we fell right on our knees at their level I said some of you can't even see me but I'm down on my knees before you. I'm your brother and I love you. There's a God that came down to your level. He loves you too. It was an amazing meeting. Uh, this is a, a dear uh, sister in the Lord. Uh, her mom was uh, uh, bedridden, literally paralyzed for three years. And they prayed over her mom. She was healed. She believed in Jesus and uh, gave her heart to ministry. You're going to see her in a video that I took. I did a video with her. Her story is incredible. More about that you'll see later um, at another time. Let's move to uh, San Clubbery, where we went from, uh, well, into San Clubbery is in Thailand. I'm going to show you a little bit here. Um, some of you have been with me here to this place before. We have a dear friend there named Bao Ji. This is one of our ministry partners. It's a beautiful area uh, in Thailand. Uh, just gorgeous. The lake there is just gorgeous. Um, just, it's what you would think Thailand would look like, but yet in the midst of it, so much, so many Buddhas, so much spirit worship, and uh, yeah, here we go. Uh, we kind of had a wild time with this little lazy Buddha, 
And uh, we tickled his feet. And uh, he didn't laugh, but we thought, well, that would be good. And uh, there's another. They're just all sorts of different Buddhas. It's just scattered all over in Thailand, thousands of them. Uh, here's Baoji and his family, and this is also Michelle uh, Wright, who we traveled with Daryl and uh, Michelle on this trip. And this is Baoji's daughters, two out of the three. The third wasn't here. Dear family, and uh, we went to a. They took us to a, a dinner, and I thought I'm going to take pictures of them. This to show you: deep fried frog with garlic. Uh, fried barking deer with chili sauce. Uh, how about spaghetti drunk? I didn't try it, but I heard Mike Dorn did. Uh, wild boar and chili sauce. I don't know. Jim Sweetman's favorite, from what I've heard. Uh, what do we got here? Oh, stir-fried snakehead fish with celery leaf. Larry Vold is partial to that one. Uh, what else we got? Oh, deer and chili sauce. Or how about ostrich meat and spicy? I don't know. Ken Berry likes that one. So uh, there we go. I kind of think they just grind this dude up and serve him, and it all tastes like chicken. I don't know. You know, that's that was our hotel. There you go. Uh, and they did have big bugs there, as you can see. Okay, sorry about that one. Um, we had so many meetings, you guys. I think I preached every day on this, 18 days straight. And uh, just meeting after meeting, this is, about, this is the church we help build that is a training center. It's a disciple machine that is sending out church planners all over Thailand. Uh, we had meetings in, all over the place. Another meeting, uh, this is uh, our van broke, and this is Tracy and Michelle getting a ride to church, hanging on to these guys, and I was quite jealous. So uh, um, we went out to a, 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 this 100% Buddhist area. It was a mission in the area of the jungle, and parents would drop their children off. And Baoji's, uh, they had a, a little girl, you'll hear about her in a second, and she teaches English. And I said, sure, let's go visit this bamboo hut. And here we are with all these kids, and we presented this, the, the gospel through the wordless bracelet. Uh, at least half the kids prayed to receive Jesus as Savior and Lord, first time they'd heard the gospel, first time the gospel has ever come to this area. What a privilege it was to share on that day. Tracy's going to talk about this gal right here who's just so precious. This dear gal, she teaches English through gospel songs. So these kids, when we entered, were all singing beautiful worship songs. And she is quite an anointed one just because there was just a spirit about her that was amazing. Um, she was in a desperate situation, uh, came to the area, uh, two little babies, had no rice to feed them, knew no one in the area, and just cried out to God, looked up in the stars. She said this was her prayer, is, if you're a real God, provide rice for my family. And God didn't answer her prayer, though, that way. He granted her a peace in her heart that she had no experience of before. It was just, she said it was just a supernatural peace and calm that came upon her when she prayed that prayer. Yeah, rice was provided, but it was way later, you know, but just this peace. So sometimes, you know, God doesn't answer our prayer the way that we expect him to answer it, but in a more powerful and a meaningful and eternal way than maybe just a day's portion of rice. So at that point, she just gave her life to God through this prayer that she's just pleading up to the stars, if you're real, you know, and he showed himself to her. Amen. Um, 
This is a Laotian village that we visited with Baoji, very, very poor, in an area where Baoji is reaching out. And we did also a little uh, study here, shared the gospel. And this woman right here, uh, this woman is the first Christian in the entire village of uh, a thousand people. And she migrated to this area. Baoji went in and he, he, he preached the gospel here. Actually, this woman... Uh, amazing story. And there's another picture of her right here with her family. Uh, she was the first convert in the area, and uh, she had a son. He was two years. Well, he was born blind, and at two years of age, Baoji came in. Again, the context, spirit, uh, a lot of demon possession and oppression, physical problems. And Baoji prayed over this little boy, and the Lord literally healed his sight, gave him sight. Her, the, the family literally turned to Jesus Christ. This is, they're all serving the Lord now. Now, uh, uh, 25 families out of the 100 families that are there are all serving Jesus Christ. It, it, it's just a beautiful uh, thing of God. Uh, we had baptism services. That water was so cold. Oh, my. And, uh, yeah, it was dirty, too. Uh, and, uh, but praise the Lord. What an honor to baptize uh, some of these. Uh, I call them baptism. Baoji the baptizer. The guy is just a soul winner and he just loves the Lord. And so be praying for Baoji. Uh, this is a man of God that loves the Lord. And, uh, and so just be lifting up Thailand uh, in this ministry there in St. Club Rhee. Let's go to Chiang Rai. And really right now what I'm going to do, this is our team. I'm going to turn this over and let James come on up here. Give it up for my boy James, wherever he's at. It was... An honor to travel with Bridget, and uh, Bridget's a lot cuter than James, I just want you to know, but James is awesome, and Tracy, what an honor to just serve the Lord together, and James hit the right, and it just goes forward. He hasn't even seen all these slides, I kind of did them, and he's just going to talk to you about them and bring up Bridget and Tracy in different times to talk, and that'll be great. Okay, sweet, let's do this thing. Good evening, home builders in 2020 Omega. I know. I went to bed at like 10 last night, woke up at 12.30, and stayed up till 7. So I don't know uh, what's going on right now, but we had a good time. This is us landing in Chiang Rai. So Chiang Rai is about an hour north in a plane ride from Bangkok. So landed here, and this is the, uh, the training center that we taught at the whole time. Um, and so we've helped build this thing with our support, and this was so much awesome. Ministry's been going on here. So it was awesome seeing it in person. This right here is Grandma. Uh, she's my new grandma. This is my dad's new mom. She's amazing. Uh, go to main service and hear her story. But um, real sweet time. So all our teaching, we did way up here up on the second floor. And then here's all the pastors. And, uh, and it was so special. I, in the closing ceremony... I, we met them. They have the most amazing stories. And I told them, I was like, you guys, I'm taller than every single one of you, but I've never felt so small in my life. Like, you guys are heroes and giants of the faith, and I look up to every single one of you. They're all amazing. My dad talks about it, um, is that a lot of them got stopped by cops just trying to get to the, um, uh, this conference, um, and they were just so excited to be there and so hungry to learn. Um, one of these guys actually missed the birth of his daughter to be at this conference, we're just like, oh my goodness. So, super special. I wish we could tell every single one of their stories. Um, it was amazing, four days. This is one of our translators. Um, this is Jasmine, and so our translators were amazing. They killed it. I've never taught with a translator, and I'm glad I don't have to do that all the time. 
but super special. Bridget also, by the way, did we get a video of Bridget? Bridget knows Mandarin, and so we showed up to the first day, and my dad was like, okay, hey, I want you guys to invite up this, my lovely uh, daughter-in-law. Um, she, on the plane ride over here, she grabbed a pamphlet and just started uh, trying to learn some greetings in Chinese, and so uh, she wants to come up here, and can you guys all welcome her, and she's going to just try to give you guys a... a you know, a greeting in Mandarin, and so she got up there and then just started speaking in Mandarin, they're all just like, oh my goodness, she's amazing, all on the plane ride, and then we let her know, no, she grew up in Taiwan, and she knows Mandarin, <laughs> and it was a blast. Um, so this is where we were teaching the whole time, and uh, there we are up front, me and the old man. I want you guys to know, I want you guys to know this guy is the perfect missionary ever. It was like just a joy just to watch my dad. It was like, it was music. It was a symphony on how he just had organized it and just made them laugh and the way he taught them. We're so lucky to have my dad on staff here. It was awesome. So here's a bunch of the pastors, and this is what it was like. There's about 55 pastors, I think, that were there, right? Yeah, 55 pastors. Whenever you guys have any stories, too, feel free to come on up. Here's Bridget, speaking of Mandarin, looking beautiful. Here they all are. What are they holding up there? Oh, yeah. So the first night we were there, my dad did this whole Israel slideshow for them, and we brought popcorn. A lot of them had never had popcorn, and a lot of them didn't like popcorn. <laughs> but that was real special, yeah. So we played a lot of games, so it was a blast. We had a lot of teaching that my dad said. We taught for eight hours a day, but in between kind of some of the sessions, I'd show them some of the games that we do uh, here in the States, and so this is me playing with some of the Chinese pastors, a game we call Quarter, and so that was a blast, and they were just dying laughing, and it was just special bond with them that way. This is the guy whose daughter was born while yeah, he was at the, at the conference, yeah. So we played Table of Death. This is a game we came up here at the church. Did we get, is the video on here? Is the video on here? Okay. So they just thought it was the funniest thing. The whole, there's a video of it, you'll see. Is you got to try and get, you start on the top of the table and you work your way all the way around. You got to get back up without touching the ground. And it is so funny. And so I brought them up and... so hard. I had so much fun just watching the crowd, and they're just like, oh my goodness, I can't believe we're doing this right now. It was just so funny. 
And just seeing, like, man, we hear Chinese pastors, and, and they're going through it. And there's persecution. Um, and, yeah, it is not like it is here in America. But it was so special having these game time with them, watch them laugh, um, and, uh, and having a blast them and hearing their stories. And, like, I wish I could tell some of Barnabas' stories. But he has the funniest stories of him going out in the middle of China in, like, I can't even, can I tell one real quick? No. <laughs> they were amazing and hilarious. But it was so special just knowing they're like, they, I don't know, they, they have their own personalities and they're just like us and they love Jesus and love that, they love to have fun. And um, it was just, this was one of my favorite times, just watching them and making them laugh. So that was fun. We got to go ride some elephants. Bridget, you want to talk about this real quick? I've been talking too much. Good. Perfect. Yeah, so we had so much fun while we were in Thailand. Um, yeah, we were able to ride elephants for one of the days. It was super fun just being able to um, watch the pastors just enjoy themselves. This this time for a lot of them um, was just a time that we wanted them to enjoy themselves, to find rest. It's so stressful where they are in China, um, just with all the persecution. So it was so much fun, just like, as James said, watching them have fun, watching them just enjoy uh, being with each other and uh, as brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, so yeah, this is... James and I riding an elephant. It was the first time for me, so it was like crazy being up so high on this massive animal, and we were able to feed them. So James got some bananas, um, and he he uh, fed them from his mouth. So he, I, and for for some of you who saw, he also kissed a snake. Um, so he kissed an elephant and a snake before he even kissed me that day. <laughs> Um, so we were riding an elephant, and um, go to the next picture. Before any of you can uh, even think what this is, I don't know. I bet there's a lot of different scenarios running through your head. We were walking, or we were on this elephant riding down this street, and I pointed out to James. I said, "James, look at all those cute little chicks and following behind her, their mama." Um, so we were you know, saw them, we were cooing over them, and we kept walking, um, and as we were walking by the chicken, all of a sudden, we hear this, this squawk that is out of the door, like, <laughs> and I, both of us are startled, and we keep walking, and I look behind, and this chicken had been smushed by this elephant, just <laughs> flat like a pancake, but the worst part, <laughs> the worst part was that its head was still kind of squirming around and it was so sad seeing all the little chicks scrambling around saying where's my mom but um <laughs> we went back with Mark and Tracy um and we gave the guy whose chicken it was some money to buy another chicken because for a lot of them that's that's their livelihood that's how they you know that's their food and um so we made sure that we weren't just having all the fun with the dead chicken <laughs> 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 this snake was massive so we uh followed the signs to big snake took a picture i had to kiss it it's terrifying look at that thing there's a good picture though it doesn't even look like we're holding a snake because of our faces we found this massive buddha it was pretty eerie actually like this is a couple hundred feet tall i told larry we need to double the size of the crosses this thing was like probably 250 feet tall, and it was looking over all the community. I mean, for miles and miles, 
was this Buddha standing above it all. And so me and my dad and Bridget, we started running all the way up to the top of it because there's stairs. We didn't know if we were going to get caught or not. Went all the way to the top. Literally, we looked out of the dot on its forehead, and we were up so high. I wish I had the picture of me looking down. It was so awesome. I went all the way up to the top, and uh, that's the dot looking out way out there. That's us looking down. You can see my mom. She's that little tiny dot right there. We are up so high. This is Barnabas. He's the, the leader, um, the one that was kind of coordinating the whole uh, conference. This is us teaching, hanging out. This is them praising. Man, their worship was so beautiful. They had their band there, and they just sang so hard. One of their songs was, um, oh, is, this, is there a video? One of their songs was, uh, the lyrics um, were something to the... One of their songs was, uh, the lyrics were, um, after hearing their stories too, it's so powerful, them singing so earnestly, saying, Lord, send me out, no matter how high the mountain, no matter how low the valley, no matter how high the waves, send me out, Lord, give me the strength, I won't turn my head, send me out. It was just like, oh, and watching them praise the Lord with all their heart, so beautiful. There's grandma again, throwing out the peace sign, she's amazing. This is Pastor Joe, my dad shares about him in main service. This guy, 2020, I'm going to share with you guys his story. I figured out the beginning of the Bloody Finger story, and it's this guy. It's amazing. You'll see. I'll tell you the rest of the story. Um, this is sweet. But do you want to talk about this real quick? Man, it was so awesome um, just being able to meet with all of these pastors, and they were so generous and so full of joy. This lady here, she... Um, was kind of like the youth pastor back at home in China with her church. Um, and the cross that I'm holding, she uh, she taught her youth group how to make these. And so this was something that uh, her youth had made and she had brought. Um, and I'm wearing a necklace that one of the other ladies had given uh, to me. And she had given a necklace to Tracy. And it was just so special. Um, they did not have a lot, but what they did have, they wanted to give, and they were so generous and so full of joy. And as you see, or as you had seen, and um, just the time of worship was, was just so special. There was just such a sense of pure joy from these people who were suffering so much and enduring so much pain and hurt. Um, they had such a crazy amount of joy, and it was just so special to see because I feel like so often we get caught up in what's what's bringing us down and what's hurting us, and and instead they were just so full of joy and and excited for what was for what God was doing, um, you know, in life through them. And I think I think that's one thing that I'm walking away with from this trip is just their commitment to God is what is giving them joy. It's not because of how many churches they've planted or how many people they've led to Lord. It's nothing about what they've done. They have such a humble joy knowing that God is using them. And um, when we are committing to what God has for us and his will in our life, that's when we can experience uh, the most joy, and what, and that's what God wants us 
to experience joy in him and um, through humility. And so that's what they have taught me so much and um, just, you know, committing our lives to God and saying, yes, Lord, I will go no matter how high the mountain is or how low the valley will be or how high the waves will be, Lord, like send me. Um, and that's when we experience joy. And so it was really cool just seeing uh, all these pastors and being able to interact with them and share sharing that together. Mm -hmm. My dad shares her story in main service, so make sure you go to second service if you haven't been to first. Um, this guy right here is amazing. This is Pastor Wu. And so the whole week, he was sitting right up front for every single one of these conferences, big old smile on his face. He reminded me, of, I feel like I'm going to look a lot like him when I get older. Just this tall, lanky old guy, 60 years old. And uh, and just had a blast. Was this quirky guy, reminds me a lot of Mark Blevins, and uh, was just so much fun to be around. And so on the last day, we find out this guy, out of all the pastors in the room, had spent the most time in prison. And his story is powerful. My dad shares it in home builders, or in, uh, in main service. But um, the gist of it, real quick, is at 30, came to know the Lord, and in the first year, had no uh, you know, formal Bible training, just starts going out and starts spreading the word in in his first year of being a Christian, starts 10 churches. And at that point, the cops are coming after him, and he said he was like a homeless guy. He just I was in and out of prison. I was running away from the cops all the time. I couldn't tell you how many times um, I'd been arrested and interrogated. Uh, but he just kept preaching the word, whether in prison, whether out of prison. And my dad asked him the question. He said, hey, what was the biggest lesson you learned in prison? And he said, um, to forgive people, to have patience and forgive those, you know, my captors. And um, it was so powerful. And he tells another story about how the Lord provided for him. Um, and, uh, and he had no money. He was serving the Lord, had three kids. And he's getting, you know, a little nervous because he's got to send them to college. And uh, no savings whatsoever. And so he's at this conference in this person just out of all these people goes out seeks him out and asks for his story and he tells him the story and says I want to support you and so he starts supporting him um, and, and you know to send his kids to to college and he's just like blown away so excited and this is his prayer to God that he says God thank you so much but he says whenever it's enough make sure you stop giving me money because I don't want to become greedy I just want to be content we're just like, oh my goodness, this is a guy right here who has perspective. And this is what hit me the hardest, and it was through Pastor Wu, that he has perspective. Um, and on the last day, I told all the, all, all, the, all the Christian pastors, just kind of on our last meeting, I told them, I was like, you guys, you are the greatest example to me of people that realize we are strangers and exiles on earth. Is that you guys aren't trying to build up your kingdom. You guys aren't about comfort. You want to give, give, give that gospel. And that just hit me so hard, and that's something I want to take away um, as I come back here, is just keeping the right perspective. And, uh, and it's so beautiful that this is not our home, and they realize that. And a lot of times I can get caught up on my status, my, you know, everything that, you know, we get bombarded with here in America that's different over there um, sometimes. And, and that just hit me hard, is this dude loves the Lord, and he's passionate about spreading the church. And so, um, Pastor Wu, the man. Um, this is, uh, on the last day, we got to give out a bunch of Bibles, um, and they were just so excited, so excited to get these, just tears, looking at them, just, you know, just, it could, you know, there couldn't have been a better gift for them to get is God's Word, and so one at a time, me, my mom, um, my dad, and Bridget, we're just standing up there, and we we're just handing them, um, these Bibles and these gifts that you guys had provided. Um, this is them kind of doing a last little, uh, dance for us, it was amazing. <laughs> This is them kind of in their line coming up and grabbing um, the gifts from us that we handed to them. And so, so beautiful hugs and 
tears, and it was so special. Here we are just handing these Bibles to them, backpacks, and um, there they are. There's the crew holding up their Bibles and a lot of fun. So it was a special time. It was great. Um, we want no. I think mom, do you want to share anything? Bridget, any last words? Oh, look at that! You're pushing me to go, go, go. We're already done. No, sure. Bam. Are you? All right. All done. No, sweet. Wow. Bridget, when I heard you come up here and tell the story about the elephant crushing, you know, the chicken, I was like, she is perfect for my son. She literally fits in our family so well. I'm like, I had no idea you were going to tell that story. I'm like, that's the woman of my boy. And then, of course, my son, kissing a snake and an elephant before the wife. I mean, you're just carrying all the tradition. That's Tyler all the way. I just can't believe it, man. Oh, it's fun to serve the Lord. Amen? Amen. It just is. You know, being in God's will, serving Him, being involved in ministry, you know, it's just so beautiful. And uh, I, a couple things I want to say here. Number one, thank you. So many of you, again, you prayed, you gave, you supported. Uh, the gifts, I know it's so hard. There's no way to communicate what those little gifts were meant to them. Backpacks, little pair of socks in there, a Bible. We gave um, C's candy. We gave a C's candy shirt. And so much it, it meant. So thank you, your prayers. And uh, for me, you know, um, honestly, uh, I've done this an awful lot. I really have. And it's an honor. And I, I came away saying, Lord, your church is so beautiful. And my prayer this morning, you know, through preaching in the services was, Lord, I want to lift up you, Jesus, but the glory and beauty of your church, I mean, the true church, is so spectacular. It's like a sparkling diamond in the darkness that rises. And if you haven't been to the, young people, get to that main service. You need to hear these stories that we're going to share beyond the ones you've heard this morning. Hear the beauty of the Lord's church, the church of Jesus Christ that he's building around the world. What a privilege it is to talk about his servants. And you, I couldn't wait to get back in Home Builders. I couldn't wait to just be with you this morning and my church family. This church is special. It is so special. For four days, eight hours a day, we talked about you. Because there's something emerging in China the church has been uh, an underground house church movement for years, and now it's starting to go visible. There's a transitioning happening in this nation of 1.4 billion people. We have a tiny nation of 350 million people. 1.4 billion is huge. Our nation is a drop in the bucket of what God's doing around the world. And it's an honor to go there and talk about this church. I showed pictures of you, home builders. What's a community? How do you do a community? What's a youth ministry? How do you do? Imagine if your church is underground or in a house and all of a sudden you're going public. You have a building. You need a board. They, and our church, Three Crosses, humbly is being offered as a model to the Chinese church and it's being replicated all over that nation. 
It's humbling. It was unbelievable to see the explosion of the urban church. The questions these pastors have, they're taking the teaching and they're, the teaching of what we feel is just so basic, but so new to them, and a movement of God is happening in China. So I feel like, um, how are we doing? I just feel like, we, I want us to pray. I just, you know, I feel like we're here, and so often we pray about ourselves. We kind of turn it inward. What's going on with me, 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 me? You know, a mission's heart is to look outward. And, and I just want to encourage you to take what you've heard this morning and would you just pray and ask God to, maybe it was a face that you saw, maybe it was something in Thailand, uh, maybe, I don't know what moment here was special to you, but before you apply it to your own self, would you take a moment and would you just pray a blessing over someone that you saw this morning? And then I want to do something else. So this I want to be just yourself talking. I'm just going to give a, a minute of quietness. There's power in prayer. There's power in prayer. If you heard the Chinese church pray, it's unbelievable. You know, I walked in. I should have recorded them praying. Because every one of them will get up and they'll take a mic and they will pray. And as soon as they start praying, you start crying. Because you've never heard in your entire life someone pray like they pray. When you've been beaten and thrown in jail and you're taking a stand for Jesus Christ and it's not fake, but it's real and Jesus is your life and you've surrendered and sacrificed everything for him, these people cry out believing that the living God is real. And you hear him pray and you literally begin to weep because in my entire life, I've never prayed once like they pray every time. I've never prayed like that. God, forgive me. I haven't been crushed. I haven't been hurt like they have, but they're victorious. And I'm just saying in our hearts quietly, let's, let's pray. Let's lift up the church of Jesus over there because they're praying for you.